I want us to go to our Bibles in the book of Mark, chapter number 11. We'll read from verse 12 to 14, and then we'll jump from there from verse 20 to 25. Can we quickly go Mark, chapter number 11, from verse 12 to 14. I, I, today, we're going to just go through some things that are going to help us to go through this month. Amen. Let's go. Mark, chapter number 11, from verse 12 to 14. In the morning, who is that? Where is that? Mark. Eh? It's slow. Okay, so let me read. Do you have your Bibles with you? I, I heard that the system is freezing, so let's read. It said from 12, the next morning, as we were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf and a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any fig. But there, was only, there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard him saying it. We go to verse 20. The next morning, as we passed by this fig tree, he had cursed. The disciple noticed it had withered from, root, from the root up. Peter, remembering what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day, and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree which you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, or I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and, you, and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudges against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. I'm reading from a different translation, so the wording can change a bit, of, but the central idea is the same. Now, Jesus, uh, they say that they were uh, coming from Bethany and uh, he saw a fig tree. And they said Jesus was hungry. That talks about the humanity of Jesus. Jesus was operating on this earth 100% man, 100% God. So it functioned in his humanity. Jesus was hungry and he saw a fig tree. The Bible says that then he went because he wanted to pick up some fruit. And I've preached that before. Now we know that Jesus was a Jew. Amen? If you are everything, anything against a Jew, I inform you Jesus was a Jew. He was born from a Jew. Hallelujah. So from birth, from mother birth, he's a Jew, okay? Although he's God. Now, Jesus was hungry. But the, the, what I said to the people is that being a Jew, Jesus was supposed to know there was no fruit on the tree because it was not a season. How many people here will go and try to pick up orange on an orange tree while they know it's not a season? Amen? So Jesus knew it. But he went. Now, this is what is up, was happening. We know that the fig tree, the thing of the fig tree is that 
any fig tree with leaves should have fruit. Because the leaves protect the fruit. So that's how the fig tree function. If you see a fig tree with those leaves, then there's fruit. But now it was time of winter. The time this happening, it was close to winter. So, so the fig tree has gone through the season. Let's say has crossed winter. Sorry. It's past winter. So the fig tree has crossed winter with the leaves. But the leaves were supposed to fall in winter. But the leaves didn't fall. So it means that they are fruit. So the fruit were protecting the, the leaves were protecting the fruit. So Jesus came there and there was no fruit. And Jesus understood this is a provocation. No, you can't keep leaves if you don't have fruit. But do you understand that leaves are synonymous of Christian activities? It means you can be busy, 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 but you don't have fruit. So when God is hungry and wants to eat from the fruit of your life, when it comes, it's all activities without fruit. And Jesus said to the fruit, to the tree, no man shall eat fruit from you anymore. Because that tree was a deceitful tree. Jesus was not the only one that has come to that tree looking for fruit, I can tell you. Many people have come because the leaves are attractive. Have you realized that some Christians, because of their zeal for God, people go to them for counseling, but actually they can give nothing? It's a deception. So you are deceiving people by an appearance. Leaves are what we put up as appearances. That we are in the church, but we put up a Christian faith, but our hearts are far from him. And we, we are in the church, we, we put up an attitude of, of love, but our heart does not love people. So we have fruit, we have leaves without the fruit. And heaven does not feed on leaves. Heaven feeds on fruits. Come on, amen. So the thing that God is looking at is fruit. I can be zealous, but if I don't bear the fruits, my zeal means nothing. But if I'm zealous and I bear fruit, I'm complete. Because Jesus does not expect you to just have fruit. He expects you also to have passion for him. The two work together. But unfortunately, we have, we have zeal without fruit. Hallelujah. Let me leave that. That was not the preaching. So Jesus cursed it. But what Jesus said, Jesus didn't tell the tree, dry. No, he didn't say to the tree, I'm removing you. What Jesus did, he removed the purpose of existence of a tree. A tree exists, and the purpose of a tree is to yield fruit. The moment Jesus removed the purpose, the tree died. Hallelujah. So, a man without purpose is a dead man. A Christian without purpose is a dead Christian. Because fruit carries seed, and seed carry generation. Amen. So the moment there is no fruit, it means there is no extension of generation of your kind. And then you better die. 
So the tree, Jesus didn't kill the tree. The tree died by its own admission because he knew I have nothing to do on earth anymore. Therefore, I need to die. Because my purpose of being here is to bear fruit. Now the master has forbidden me to bear fruit. So because I can't bear fruit, I cannot continue. Do you understand that when you don't know where you are going, it's a very difficult thing? Hallelujah. A very confused man will leave home and does not know where he's going. Hallelujah. So God expects you to know where you are going because he has planted that in your hearts. So the tree died. Many people are dead today, even breathing. Yes, yes. Yes, people are dead, but they are breathing. I can show you at the hospital some people are dead, but they are breathing. Yeah, they are on the bed there. The machine is making them breathe, but they are dead. Clinically dead. Hallelujah. So, 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 so the fact that you breathe does not mean you are alive. Uh-huh. It, what, what justifies your life is your productivity. That's that what is called barren. When you are barren, if there is no life. That's why in the Bible, the barren woman went before God to cry because they knew there was no life. They call themselves dead tree, dry trees because there is no fruit. Hallelujah. And I'm, 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 I'm praying that God may give you grace so that you may bear fruit. But you know, a tree does not decide to bear fruit. It's a natural process. The tree needs to resist the wind and be stable on the ground. As long as the tree stands, fruit will come. So as a Christian, it's not our duty to try to bear fruit. We have a duty to stand in the Word. And as we are solidly planted on the Word, the fruit will come naturally. It's not something that we pray for. It's something that we stand for. We don't pray to bear fruit. We stay to bear fruit. Jesus said in the book of Matthew 15, abides in me. John 15, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you shall bear fruit. Unfortunately, people are making fasting to bear fruit. It's not, you don't fast to bear fruit. You stay in the word to bear fruit. But the devil has made the word tasteless. In a way that people don't enjoy the word and they are not in the word and they can't bear fruit, but they can bear leaves and it's a curse from, it's a curse. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you going to stay in the word? Amen. Are you going to abide in the word? Amen. Are you going to read it? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, you say, I don't understand it. Who told you to understand? Just read it. Amen. Understanding is encoded in the word. It's not a mind thing, it's a spirit thing. So if you try to work it out with your mind, you will never understand. Just read it because the understanding is hidden in the word. So as you eat the word, understanding comes in from the within. Understanding is not something that comes from 
outside. Understanding come from within. It's encoded in the words. It's like the seed that is in the word. When you eat that, supernaturally, understanding will come inside of you. But if you don't eat it, you will not get understanding. Do you understand that everything that is tasteless, most of the time the things that give life are not tasty? Some medication, even when you smell it, you want to throw up because it smells bad. Uh, But it gives you life. Uh, But chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Everything tasty. Hallelujah. So you need to force yourself to get life. So the word that you read might not be enjoyable, but it's a medication unto your soul. The Bible says your word is a medication unto my soul. It heals my bones. Say, read the word. Say, say, read the word. Now, when you read it, you can study it. You can't study it if you don't read it. Uh-huh. Stop, start by reading it, and then you will study it. Amen? Amen. Now, the fig tree dried, and that I'm, I'm going to what I want to say. Then, in the, mor- the next morning, we were coming, and Peter saw that the tree was dry. And he said, Rabbi, meeting teacher, the tree which you cursed, as dried up, withered away. Jesus looked at him and said, have faith in God. Say, have faith in God. Say, have faith in God. Say it again. Have faith in God. He said, for most assuredly, I say to you, If you say to this mountain, because we were in the area where there were mountains, so he was not talking about a spiritual thing. I was talking about a real mountain. If you say to this mountain, be that removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, but now believe. Now, he said, have faith. But when it comes to your heart, it say, believe in your heart. And you don't doubt there. You shall have whatsoever you say. Let me break it open for you. You say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. What is faith in God? What is faith in God? Faith in God is different from believing in God. Amen? Mm-hmm. Believing is to trust the integrity of God. Hallelujah. Believing is to trust the integrity of God. That's why doubt comes in the heart. Because it's your heart that believes in the integrity of God's word. Then he say, have faith in God. What is faith? Faith is simply to act on what God says. So he's saying, act 
on what God says. He said to Peter, just act on what God said. For I tell you, if your acting proceed from your trust, you will say to this mountain. So if your acting proceeds from trust, then your word shall bear power. I'm summarizing the scripture for you. Amen. He said, do not have doubt in your mind. You know, faith is different from hope. Faith is different from belief. Many people in the church believe. Many people in the church have hope. But few have faith. Hallelujah. Few have faith in God. Because faith is now. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is. So faith is. Somebody say faith is. Faith is. Faith is not tomorrow. Faith is now. So you're acting of now. That's what we call faith. Now you got it now. So if I said, stand up. What is she doing? Faith. She trusts her legs. That's why she can stand up. If you don't trust your leg and I say stand up, you look at me and say, what do you mean? Hallelujah. You will ask me, what do you mean? You know I cannot stand. You know what is happening there? Huh? Somebody fell there. Bring the person here. What is happening? Come on, guys. It's in, my, it's in our service. Don't, don't worry. We'll preach now. Dear lady, what is happening? Okay. Look at me. Look at me. It, it's a spirit. You're going to leave her no. now. Hey, 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 I'm preaching. You don't stop my preaching for this. Ouch! It's going. It's going. Yes, 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 yes. You, it's going, it's going. It's going to leave you now. Ouch! And never enter again. Never! Let her down. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. That demon is leaving you by divine order now. Relax, it's going. It's going to leave. Listen, it's leaving. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Listen to me, it's over. By the word of the Lord, it's over. It's really gone. Make her sit down. It's finished. She's clapping. Hallelujah. 
Now, the Bible says Jesus was preaching in the synagogue, and somebody demon-possessed manifested. So this is the word. This is how the word happens. Hallelujah. We were not casting out devils, but the word of God went in and delivered us. Hallelujah. Make a seat. We will talk to you after the service. Now, where was I? Faith is? Now. Say it again. Faith is? Now. Faith is? Now. Yes. Let us sit there. I'll, I'll talk to you after the service. Don't worry. Faith is now. So acting on the word of God is what we call faith. So if you don't act the word of God, you might have belief in your heart, but you are doubting. He said, if you have belief in your heart, if, if you say and you believe, if you act and your act proceeds from your faith, that is very important because some people, they are acting, not, not proceeding from faith. Hallelujah. So he said, if you act, and then he said, then you shall say to this mountain, be that removed. And you don't doubt in your heart. Now, let me give you the difference between doubting in the heart and doubting in the mind. Can, can, can I show you? Now, doubting, I will show you two people. One was mind and one was heart. Amen? Let, 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 let's go. I won't be able to go through the scripture, but I will say the story. When the angel came to Mary in the book of Matthew, I think chapter number two, the angel came to Mary and said to Mary, you will have a child. Hallelujah. And Mary said, but I am a virgin. I'm a virgin. It means that a mind could not comprehend. Although she believed the angels, the angel, but her mind want to process the information. Doubt in the mind seeks to process what God says. It's too big for the mind, so the mind is seeking to know how will this happen because I am a virgin. So which way must I go for this to happen? That is a mind process. Zechariah. The angel went first to Zechariah. He said, Zechariah, your prayers are heard. And you will have a child. Zechariah says, <laughs> I'm old. And the angel said, you didn't believe me. Remember, Mary said, I'm virgin. The angel didn't say, you didn't believe me. But Zechariah said, I'm old. The angel said, you didn't believe me. What is the difference? I'll show you the difference. Zechariah had been praying for a long time. And he did not get the answer. Therefore, he was not trusting the integrity of the word anymore. So that doubt proceeds from the heart because it doubts the character of the heart, of the, of the word. And the thing that makes us have doubt in our heart are past experiences. In a way that Christians come to a place where they think, I have done this before. What will be the difference? The heart struggles. The spirit struggles. Why? Because of what you trusted God for and did not happen according to you. That doubt in the heart. So, so you are saying it, but deep inside of you, something is saying it will not happen. Come on. Come on now. Even your words are weak in your own mouth. Your heart is doubting because your heart cannot retain the fact that, cannot, cannot, cannot trust the fact that God is saying it. And then you come to a point where you say, 
I'm not even sure if it's God that is speaking to me or it's your heart that is in trouble. And he said, when you have that doubt in your heart, according to James, you cannot receive anything from God because you are a double-hearted. Yes. The words say double-minded, but the original say double-hearts. Have you seen people that God speaks to them, but deep inside of them they struggle to receive it? Do you know why? Because they have been into that road before. Hallelujah. Doubt in the mind questions the how. Doubt in the heart questions the fulfillment. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> questions of fulfillment. So, so many of us here, we doubt in the heart because of what we have been for. But he said, if your heart is not doubting, then you can move mountains. Now, the problem why we cannot move mountains is because of a doubt in the heart. He said that if you believe in what you say, it means that God is saying, forget about me. Uh, believe your own word. Believe your own word. He said, if you believe what you say, you shall have whatsoever you say. So what must we do to deal with our heart? To ask God to uproot every negative experience. Can I tell you something? From the time you were born, the devil set himself to give you negative experience in order to compromise your trust. The person that raped you was an agent of the devil, not God, to compromise your trust in God. Because God presents himself as a male figure. So when you are raped, you distrust all male figures in a way that when we say God loves you, you feel, oh, whoa. The bully that you went through at school was to destroy something in you so that later on, when God said, trust me, you feel like I can't trust anyone. So, so, so that's why Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you. Meaning, you must trust my plan, not trust whatever is happening to you. Trust my heart. Trust the integrity of my heart that what I say is what I do. Why did God took Israel for the journey of the wilderness? Is to give them a believing heart. So he did all these miracles so that they can trust the integrity of his word. That's why at the end, when they start to doubt his word, he said, I'm going to kill them. Why? Because I've brought water out of a rock. Amen. 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 Not out of the ground, out of a rock. Out of a rock. He said, I did the impossible before you. The rock. Look at the rock. When you are doubting, turn to the rock. Water came out of the rock. The reason why you cannot doubt God is you can look where you are coming from and look at where you are today. And you can say, the Lord has been good to me. That when my mind was going all over the show in my life, God. You can say, when, when I thought I was finished, 
God showed up. When I fought this time, I'm not going to make it. God showed up. Why do you doubt him now? He does one thing in your life to show you he will never leave you nor forsake you. The devil can do 10,000 things, but God does one thing and disqualify whatever the devil has done in your life. Believe in the Lord with all your heart and all your understanding. That's why I always say to the people, remember your fathers. Remember Abraham. Remember the rock from which I took you. Remember, remember. When you want to be successful with God, you must have a remembering heart. Yes. Yes. Because at that time, that time where you stood in front of a wall, and you thought, I don't have a way here. But look back, you pass through the wall. Look back, you pass through. And God said, when you think there's no way you can trust, if you believe with, the, with your heart that I'm able to do what I say, nothing will be impossible to you. Even if your mind is doubting, let your heart believe. Amen. If God tells you, if God tells you, no, I put it there, don't worry. If God tells you that, let me give you an example. God says, I'm going to bless you. Let's take money so that you can relate to. <laughs> Spiritual thing you might not relate to. If God say, I'm going to give you a million rand, your mind will say, how? I don't have a business. I don't know anyone. I didn't apply from government. How? That reminds me. Your heart must say, silver, a guy, a guy too. Silver and gold belongs to him. Cattles on a hill belong to him. Do you know that God does not eat beef? Do you know that? So those cattles, to whom is he placing them for? It's for you because you eat beef. Do you know? Do you know that God does not use money? And, and the silver and gold that belong to him, what is he going to do with that? He does not purchase things, he orders things. My God. So when you say the money is mine, it means that I've set it for my children. Because, my God, my God, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If I go today, I said it, and I buy toys, toys, a lot, and I bring it home, my children will know it for them. Because they know daddy is not playing with those little stuff. It's for us. So if I tell them, these toys are mine, they know I mean it's theirs. So you must know that what, when God says, I'm going to give you, he knows how he's going to bring it to you. Your plan, your, your, your business is not to know how. Your business is to receive. So you say, Father, I thank you for I have received it. In the natural, it means like nothing, but I know in the spirit I have it already. And then what is faith? I start to behave like a millionaire. 
I don't talk like a broke man anymore. I talk like somebody that has it because my father said it. And when my father says it, I have it. Can I give you a good news? The Bible says you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Therefore, you need to talk like that. And he said, when you pray, believe. My God. When you pray, what? That you have received and you will have. Receive is an act of faith. You believe, it means you trust. And then he said, believe that you have received and then you will have it. So what does it mean? It means when I believe, I start to act like it and then it will manifest. So it means when you go home, you prepare your baby room, it's already prepared. This blanket, don't sit on it anymore. If you sit on this blanket, you're sitting on your child. If you sit on most clothes, you're sitting on your child. Meaning you must treat these clothes that you like. Oh my God, help me. Help me. You, 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 you put these clothes to bed. In the evening, you say, you say, Caleb, it's time to go to bed. You put the cloth to bed. I bet you, when you start to do that, heaven cannot stand. Heaven will, heaven will have to move and give what heaven promised. Act it before you get it. Can I say it again? Act it. Then it comes down, I want to run up. He said, then, if you have anything, any grudges, I like the version I read because it didn't say unforgiveness. Christian said, I don't have any unforgiveness. He said, grudges. It means, I think, <laughs> it think while I'm praying, my heart is not set up with somebody else. I don't hate him. I have nothing against him, but I have grudges. He said, if you have any grudges, forgive. Then your heavenly father. Watch over your heart more than anything else. For out of your heart proceed the issues of life. Your having is already in your heart. Your losing is already in your heart. Life and death are over the power of the tongue. But can I submit to you that after the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So life, on, life and death are, are, uh, actually are in the heart. The mouth is just a messenger of what is in the heart. So when you start to say what is in your heart, you are releasing life or death. Releasing life or death. Releasing life or death. That's why when I pray for you and I say you are healed, even if you don't feel the healing, act the healing. When I say you are healed, even if it's painful, start to act. And as you act, the pain will disappear. Because if you believe that you have received, you will have it. Father, thank you. Say, Father, thank you. So this mouth is a mouth of a sword. Do you know that when we talk about mouth of a sword, it means challenges will come for you too. The value of a sword is in the confrontation of a challenge. A sword that is not in battle is not a sword. Yes. 
The sword can be big, but if it's not used, it's not a sword. So, we are, I like what that man of God says. He says, we are possibilitarians. Possibilitarians. Because nothing is impossible to us. So all things are possible. So we are possibilitarians. Hallelujah. The bigger the challenge, the greater God. My God, my God, my God. If you can't say to the mountain, be that move, you will never pass. The mountain is standing on your way, and God has given you grace to remove it. I'm praying this morning that the sword of the Spirit may be active in your hands. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Which is the word of God according to Ephesians chapter number 6. He said the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You are not put in the midst of challenge to kill you. You are put in the midst of challenge to exercise your sword. Hey! You see, hmm. Ndate Mukwena talked about the anointing breaks the yoke. But I want to take you to Matthew where Jesus says, take my, my yoke. For my yoke is light and my burden easy. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> the anointing breaks the yoke, but Jesus did take another yoke. So, the yoke that is destroyed is a demonic yoke. But there is a godly yoke. And Jesus said, take that one. I will show you how it works. In ancient days... In ancient times, they would take the bulls, put the yoke. Oh, are you bringing your... Bring it in front here, it's fine. They take the bull. Don't look at that. Look at me, look at me, look at him. Give me your attention. You know how destructive people become. We're talking about the word of God. Focus! Say to your neighbor, Focus. Focus. This one we have taken care of. You guys are seeing the manifestation. Me, I know it's taken care of. Huh. So they put the bull and they put the yoke on the two bulls. And the bull are carrying, plowing the land. Then they put a baby bull in between them. And they tie his horn to the yoke. So the, the, the father bulls are plowing and the baby thing is plowing. <laughs> that gives it confidence. In a way that he think he's, giving the, he's doing the work, but Baba bull is doing the work. So, 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 so when he, he, he grows up and the real yoke comes, he's not intimidated because he said, I've carried that all my life. So when Jesus said, take my yoke, it means he's carrying it. Yeah. My God, my God. <laughs> because he carries it, what you think you carry is light. Because your horn are just attached to it, but you are not carrying it. In a way that you think, wow, I healed the sick. And Baba God said, yes, my son. He's training you because it's all about him. Power belongs to him. 
power belongs to him. So when you go for a challenge, remember who is going before you. Papa God is carrying you. Papa God is carrying you. And you think you are doing something great. It's just for you to know that he loves you. <laughs> you see, I, I want to dance like an elderly man today. <laughs> my God, my God, my God. My God, help me. Listen. When you understand the word of God, you will leap like a deer. Because you will understand that it's not about me. It's about him. The challenges are already taken care of. It's just a mirage for me to exercise spiritual strength. I'm praying that the challenge in front of you may be a mirage today. That, that whatever has come against you shall go. They shall come with one way and disappear with seven ways because the Lord is going before you. They shall come with one way and they shall go with seven ways. The Bible says when the enemy shall come like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. I'm praying today that your God may raise up a standard against the flood that is coming against you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We are finished. Jesus. Say, I'm going strong. I'm going strong. This means when you're going home today, there's no challenges anymore. There is just training ground. So what? God has taken you from so far. He will not leave you now. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I want you to stand up and receive this word. Just pray and receive it. Say, Lord, I receive it in my spirit. Just pray. Just pray. Say, I receive it. Say, I receive the word. Say, I receive the word. Receive the word. Receive the word. Receive that word. Receive it in your spirit. I want the worship team to just go and help me. Receive it. We're going to do an offering now, and then we're going to go home because tonight we need to come back. I receive it. Say, I receive a word. 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 In the name of Jesus, I receive. I receive a word. I receive. I receive a word. Receive it in your spirit. Let, don't let the enemy steal it from you. Because when you go out, the challenge will come. And when the challenge comes, don't doubt in your heart. Believe that God has done it. Believe that God has done it so that you may find rest in him. I just want you to pray. Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, this word is sown in my spirit. I will not lose it. Give me grace. To act upon it. In the name of Jesus. I receive. I receive. I receive. Say, I believe. I receive. And I act it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? You may be seated. You just continue to play. I'll give, just tell you now. We're going to do an offering. But I want to talk to you before the offering. People, I have realized something. Many people don't understand offering. You see, they come to church and they do the offering by the way. 
That's why, that's why people are giving offering as they're just getting rid of the time of offering. Offerings are the reflection of your heart. What is in your heart, that's what you give. But it's a reflection of your heart. So when we say, let's give an offering, you must go and listen to what I said in East London. That offerings are tools to activate heaven. You see it throughout the Bible. Cornelius, by his offering, an angel was sent to him. If you read Act 10, he said that your gift and your offering has built a memorial before God. So people think, oh, we must just help the church a bit. No, you are not helping the church because offerings are not given to the church. They are given to Christ. And why does he give it to the church? Because the church is an outlet. It means Jesus will not come and buy Mwachenuk because we want to buy it. <laughs> Jesus will not come and buy that land. He will let the outlet buy it. When you put money in his hand, you put it in his outlet, and he instructs the outlet to do what he wants to do. So your offering are, are in the hands of Jesus. Amen? And people say, but I have nothing. But you have something to eat. We put God last. We put food first. In a way that our offering are an insult to heaven. We need to, that's why I want to speak before we do it. Because I realize people don't understand. And I, I didn't do you justice by not teaching you. That's why you can be full of the anointing and broke. Haven't you realized that divine has so much grace of anointing? By finance, it's a struggle. Why? Because people understand anointing, but they don't understand finance. And a way for God to release finance is forgiving. Yes. He said it shall be given to the one that gives. So we're going to have a time of offering. Change that money you wanted to give. Give something else. Change your mind. Unless you prepared it from home. Change your mind. Because it's a time of worship. Heaven is get ready whenever there is a time of offering. Why do you think Jesus was before the, sending next to the offering box? He said, I do nothing unless I see my father doing it. So it means the father was looking at the offering box. So Jesus went and stood there to see what people are putting. You need to understand when we say offering time, it's not a joke. It's not, oh, we have finished the right thing. Now we must give something and go home. No, it's a participation into grace. I told you that in the book of Daniel, I mentioned it. Daniel was praying. The angel only came at the time of offering. Elijah was trusting God. Fire came at the time of offering. Listen to me. So divine, you need to understand. We need to move beyond. We need to move beyond and know what we are doing. So when I put my offering in the box, I'm saying to God, I'm giving that to you. Hallelujah. So we're going to do the offering now. Let, 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 let's have the time of the offering. Thank you, Jesus. Father, this is the time of the offering. 
I pray uh, that your angels may move in this room right now. That your grace may be here. As we give of the fruit of our labor, as we give of what we suffered for, what we worked for, what we sweat for, as we give it in your, in your offering, I pray that you may multiply your people, that your grace may be upon them, that they may have open doors so that they may participate in your kingdom. Father, I thank you. I pray that this time may be an open heaven for the people. And I pray that your grace and your manifestation may be in our midst. So I give you praise and adoration for this time of offering. I give you praise. 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 Let me tell you something. What I do personally, and it's not now that I started it, it's something that I did, I do in my life. Whenever there is a word that blessed my life, and I'm listening, sometimes I do offering with myself on TV because the word blessed me. I say, Lord, I want to participate. I want this grace to continue so that people can hear it more. So I give. Like I said, now that I've started it, we gave you our testimony, how we bought this place. I told you that we were putting money together to buy this place. And one day, I say, how much we have in there? They said the amount. And God told me, take that money and send it to a man that is building his church. Let him build his church with the money. We took the building fund and we sent it to the guy. Because I knew if I cannot participate in what God is doing in his life, how do I want God to participate in what he's doing in my life? So we took, we gave it to him. Another time, God told me, there's a man in Malawi. He said, you need to send him the money for his ministry. We took, again, money in the building funds. That time we took 70,000, I think. And we sent it to him. We said, God wants us to bless you. I know the elders didn't understand what I was doing. Because we needed to pay. And I took the money somewhere else. And listen to me. By God's grace, we paid this place off. I want you to teach you that principle. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs, I think, chapter number nine, it says, Honor the Lord with your resources, and then your vat shall overflow with new wine. So if we are not going to honor the Lord, there's a problem. Father, I thank you for this time. Pray that your blessing may be upon you, and I give you praise. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Because I'm living this principle for my life. And I don't teach the people. And I repented. I said, Lord, if it's working for me, and you have given me this ministry, it must work for the people also. Because I know in the prayer line, everybody, I want a job. I don't have money. I said, Lord, why are they like that? The Lord said, you don't teach them what you know. So I have to teach what I know. What I've lived, I have to teach you. Amen? I have to teach you what we live. And then you will have a result. Hallelujah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a compendium of many anointings. Because I've set myself to honor anointing, to honor people that are, that are moving with God. I've set myself not to speak against them, but to honor them. You are speaking against all the pastors. Why do you want to progress? 
You might not understand what they are doing. Keep your mouth shut and pray for them. You are picking on pastors, men of God. Why are you doing that? You are not the judge. You set yourself and pray. This one is not from God. This one from who are you? Are you you from God? To know who is not from God. I want us to be careful. Unless the Holy Ghost has given you a direct instruction, then you can say it. But if it's your own mind criticism, leave it and pray. I'm just giving you tools for life so that you may prosper. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Do we have communion today? To give a communion. And the communion also, just don't, don't drink it and eat it like you are eating marsh, marshmallow or whatever. There must be a revelation attached to it. He said, this is my body and this is my blood. How do you treat the blood and the body of Christ? And he says, some people died without discerning what the body is. Because Jesus is telling you that, that, that everybody sitting here is part of a body. Meaning, when you eat that bread and you have something in your heart against somebody, you are eating a judgment against yourself. He is telling you, when we are eating, we must make sure that we don't hold grudges against the child of God. Otherwise, we are eating the wrong body. Discern the body. The blood. You're drinking, you eat the flesh, and you drink the blood. You are partaker of what Jesus did. Therefore, the life of God flows through you because you have a revelation of what communion is. Communion is not just a time to just eat something and go home. Communion is a time of partaking in the revelation of what the body is and what the blood is. And you know that the blood speaks for you. So when you take that blood, you are covered by the grace of the Lord. So today you are eating protection and you are eating healing. It's a medicine that you are eating today. So every disease in your life has to depart because you are eating and drinking the blood. You are partaker of that grace. So just give it around and let people have it. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the communion and bless it in Jesus' name. You guys just usher it for worship. I bless it so you can have it and eat and drink.